my name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings, and I take notes. We are mixing it up. Today's notes are from the Public Safety and Homeland Security Committee meeting on June 16th, 2022. A public safety committee meeting was the very first meeting that I ever attended on June 25th, 2020, almost exactly two years ago today. It's nice to notice that full full circle and just reflect a little bit. The turbulent times that sparked my interest in getting more involved in local government are, I don't know what to say, more turbulent than ever, it seems. So here we go. The Public Safety and Homeland Security Committee reviews police, fire, the Houston Emergency Center, EMS, the Mayor's Office of Homeland Security, and Municipal Courts. It is chaired by Councilmember Abby Kamen and co-chaired by Councilmember Mike Knox, who was not at this meeting, as far as I could tell. We're keeping an extra eye on all things public safety this summer, so that's why I attended this one in addition to the regular City Council meeting. Councilmember Kamen made a few opening remarks. She noted that this is the first public safety committee meeting since the shooting in Uvalde and prefaced that there will be much talk on firearms. So trigger warning, there will be gun talk. She said gun safety falls on each one of us and especially cautioned against leaving guns in your car. She encouraged gun owners to have gun locks and safes at home, especially parents. A note, this meeting had three main agenda items, an update from HPD, a presentation on hurricane preparedness, and an overview of the fire department incident command procedures. I am not going to go over the hurricane preparedness presentation or the HFD incident command procedures, so please visit HoustonOEM.org for help getting prepped and visit HoustonTX.gov slash council slash committees for the HFD report and all others. The only thing I will mention about that fire department presentation is that the tension between the fire department, the police department, and the city is very evident. HFD constantly frames themselves in comparison to the police department. The presenter repeatedly illustrated how the fire department impacts the murder rate because every victim they save won't get counted as a murder. And this is so disappointing on multiple levels. It's disappointing to use a lower murder rate to justify a life saved. It is its own form of data manipulation because a violent crime still occurred. It is an incredibly downstream and convoluted way to prevent crime. And it just feels icky to pitch the fire department and the police department against each other. I wish the fire department and the city could get their Prop B situation sorted out because the rift is very real. Okay, moving on. First, we'll go over the update on One Safe Houston. Deputy Inspector General Crystal Okorafor from the Office of Policing Reform and Accountability gave an update on One Safe Houston. Mayor Turner announced the One Safe Houston plan back in February. It is a holistic and comprehensive violence reduction plan using research-based strategies. It is funded by $44 million of American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA, money. You can read all about it at HoustonTX.gov slash OneSafeHouston. There are four areas of focus. I'll list them with a few examples. Number one, violence reduction and crime prevention. So this is tech enhancements, overtime for patrols, hotspot identification, and focus on illegal firearms. Number two, crisis intervention response and recovery. So this includes domestic abuse response teams, which we'll call DARTs, mobile crisis outreach teams, which we'll call MCOTs, crisis intervention response teams, CERTs, and the clinician officer remote evaluation or core program. I'll go into more details about these. Don't worry. The Cure Violence Program is included in this too, which includes Credible Messengers. That's a program that partners formerly incarcerated folks with youth currently in the criminal justice system and also 
reentry programs for incarcerated people. Number three, community partnerships, no examples listed. And number four, youth outreach, also no examples listed. Although I guess that Credible Messengers program could be a youth outreach program. Anyways, One Safe Houston is viewed as successful, so the administration dedicated an additional $10 million on top of that original $44 million. This extra money will pay for more overtime. Uh, it'll go towards the Forensic Science Center, the Cure Violence Program, and more. Okorafor was sure to point out that most of this new funding is going to crisis intervention and response, not just cops. Here are some of what Okorafor described as key wins of One Safe Houston. She shared arrest numbers that officers have made while working overtime funded by One Safe Houston. She said that HPD is constantly assessing hotspots and moving patrols where they are needed most. Quote, even though we don't have as many officers as we'd like, we are covering and making our city safer. End quote. In the first quarter of this year, MCOTS diverted 766 calls away from HPD and 347 away from the fire department. CERTs responded to 600 calls for service. DARTs responded to 1,133 scenes, resulting in over 600 charges. DARTs have helped 500 people dealing with domestic violence get placed in shelters ASAP and has done 25 forensic nurse exams. I will go over what these teams do in a little bit, so just stay with me. State legislators are looking at Houston's catalytic converter ordinance as a model Okorafor mentioned the camera ordinance, which you, if you are a regular consumer of these notes, you will know all about. She mentioned the addition of more park rangers and the re-entry program for formerly incarcerated people. She also particularly mentioned the decrease in the homicide rate, and I would like to especially highlight these numbers because I think it's irresponsible of the city to use them as policy justification. A preface, one homicide is too many, so any reduction is good, obviously. From January to June 2022, there is an unofficial count of 189 homicides. So that's this year, so far, 189 homicides. In the same time period in 2021, there were 192 homicides. So that's three fewer homicides in the same time period, which the city is advertising as a 2% decline. This is not statistically significant by any stretch of the term and a manipulative tactic to make the city and One Safe Houston look good. This is bad data especially since they're using an unofficial homicide count because many of these deaths are still under investigation. The good news is that robberies, rapes, and aggravated assaults have also gone down and by larger percentages, but they don't go into details about the numbers like they did for homicides, so we'll just have to trust that they're practicing responsible data representation here. Next, Okorafor yielded the mic to HPD Chief Martin, metaphorically yielded the mic, they were both attending virtually, and Chief Martin went over the gun buyback program that's coming up in July. I have been hearing a lot about this for a while, so I was excited to get some details. If you have a gun that you want to get rid of, the city will buy it from you, no questions asked. Chief Martin promised there will be no cameras on premise, including license plate readers. No documentation of any sort is required. The guns do not even have to be functional. It's a drive-up service. Chief Martin compared it to getting a COVID-19 test or vaccine. The guns should be in your trunk or in the bed of your truck. You'll drive up and an officer will retrieve the firearm, remove the bullets, and you'll get a gift card as payment. They're offering $100 for rifles and shotguns, $150 for handguns, and $200 for automatic rifles. HBD partners with the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, a.k.a. the ATF, all surrendered firearms will be run through the NIBIN system, which stands for National Integrated Ballistics Information Network. 
If it is discovered the gun was used in a crime, it will be entered into evidence. HPD promises there is no way to trace it to you through the buyback program. All other surrendered guns will be destroyed. Yay. Moving on. Chief Martin talked about a program to help people get gun locks and safes for the home and car. Last year, there were 3,700 reported stolen firearms just from cars, and it's one of the most preventable crimes. He implored people to just not leave a gun in your car, and it really does sound easy, doesn't it? But if you must, please use a gun lock and safe. People stealing guns from cars aren't just taking them to pawn shops to sell. They are using them in crimes. Chief Martin asked parents to keep guns locked and safely stored. Out of sight, out of mind does not work with kids. They can and will find your guns. Martin also went out of his way to say that not all of the money under the One Safe Houston plan is for patrols, and he praised darts, MCOTs, and certs. So this at least means that they are hearing the feedback that people would like to fund things other than cops. Martin next went over the function of these teams, so I'll do that here too. Darts bring direct assistance to domestic abuse victims immediately. MCOTs divert some non-imminent risk crisis calls that concern mental health issues to the Harris Center, which works with 911 to identify which calls are eligible. MCOTs are not dispatched with the police officer, an important distinction and why we like them. CERTs pair mental health professionals with an HPD officer to respond to certain types of calls, usually where there's violence or weapons involved. Martin mentioned the CORE program as well, which I don't love. It gives police officers a tablet with access to a mental health clinician. It is basically telehealth via cops, and I would prefer that money be spent elsewhere, but I'm not in charge, unfortunately. Martin said, quote, not everyone in a mental health crisis needs the police or fire department, end quote, and I just think we should quote them forever on that, so I'm including it. And that was the meeting, or rather, that was what I am choosing to include in my notes from this meeting. Again, if you want to see the hurricane prep presentation or the fire department presentation, we'll put links in the show notes. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. We don't have anyone new to thank because we are recording this episode immediately after the one where we thanked Micah. So we'll thank you again. Thanks, Micah. The Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. And if you are able, we really appreciate it. You can find resources for this episode, including where to watch council meetings and how to find your council member in the show notes. This week's episode has music from Joe Wozni. It was recorded by and produced by Connor Clifton. That's it for this week. I'm Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening. Bye.